When this boy meets girl, this boy meets world. When this girl meets boy, meets boy, meets world. Hello, class. Open up your textbooks to Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World, Season 2, Episode 17, Chapter Titled, On the Air. I'm Alden. I'm Tanya. I'm the boy. I'm the girl. And we're married. Yes, we are married. Uh, so I'm the married boy. And I'm the wife. Um, We got married. Hey, Mr. Turner. <laughs> Hold on, let's... Thanks, Mr. Turner. Okay. <laughs> um, so we, yeah, we got married last week. Which we sort of told you. Yeah, we told you it was going to happen. Yeah. That doesn't mean it was going to yeah. happen. I mean, we could have called it off. Yeah. We didn't, though. We so didn't. we're married now. We, we got married. We got married at our house. We had somebody come down um, and marry us at our house with our families there and um, a family friend and, and her child. And just, it was a lot more people than we had thought that we were going to have here. And it wasn't even our whole families. Right. It was just like, when we talked about doing this months and years ago, (laughs) we really said it was going to be us and our kids at a courthouse. Just get it quick, get it done. Well, and then I started thinking about the fact that this is your only marriage and your mom would have been so upset. Okay. So we invited three billion people. Yeah, all for your mother. We're gonna have a party still. We're that you know we're gonna do like a reception, yeah. but uh, you're all invited. <laughs> Get your house ready, Miranda, because everybody's coming. You everybody gets a plus one. However, there's a catch. Your plus one has to be from Montana. Either Montana or a Boy Meets World cast member. Yeah, you can definitely, if you can bring, um... Will Friedel. Will Friedel, who seems like he might be the most likely person, because I've seen him do a whole bunch of things lately. Mm-hmm. Like, he did, he did a show on Geek and Sundry, he, you know, he does the Comic-Cons. He Some of them do, He also seems but. like he's very sort of down-to-earth, and like, he would just yeah. want to chill. Yeah. So, what you're saying is... Ben Savage, not down to earth, not chill. I don't know. I haven't seen him. Yeah. Not since Girl Meets World. What's that? I don't know. Um, I just, I had a premonition. A premonition. Broken Matt Hardy is not a thing anymore. Um. So we, we this is going to be a short one, I think. We don't. Let's, uh, hold me to that. If you see me in public and this episode goes longer than 50 minutes, that's five zero, not one five. Slap me on the hand if you see me in public. Don't hit him. He's my husband. Uh, so we watched Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World. Nope. No, we did not. I'm adding time to our show. Oh. Not on purpose. Uh, we watched Boy Meets World, season two, episode 17, on the air. Uh, blur me up. I don't want to do that. Why? Because I, I like, you know pretending like i didn't know i know you like pretending but that whole shtick makes me mad and i think it's stupid for you to do it every time i think we do good episodes when you're mad (laughs) really because you said when you're mad i have to edit out so much you sound so (laughs) confrontational Uh uh-huh the blurb 
for Season 2, Episode 17 on the air is Corey and Sean take rollerblading lessons and catch some sick air. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's exactly what happened. So, anyway, uh, we watched on the air. It is directed by David Trainer. It is written by Mark Blutman and Howard Busgang. Wow. Buttgang's back once again. They are on a roll. They like are on a roller roll. Blades. Yep, like rollerblades. Catching some sick air <sighs> okay. with Corey and Sean. So you don't want me to shit on your blurb, but then you keep throwing it out there to try to make sure I get that you're saying things that don't happen in the episode? Whatever. It happens. Okay. Butt Gang said it does. Butt Gang's back. All right. Okay, so where do we start? Classroom or not? Not. Okay, where do we start? In a room. <laughs> in a room. In a room with radio stuff in it. Uh-huh. So it's like a radio room? A radio room. That's okay. not a, r- a real place, a radio room. It would have another name. Broadcast studio? Sure. In the school. Uh-huh. In the 90s, like, every school had a broadcast studio that had just been laying dormant since the 1930s or whatever, since the golden age of radio. But then they were all pulled out. And they were all pulled out, and there was always some type of whatever. I mean, say what you will, like, we didn't go to public schools. So do you think that between, Finley does radio. He does the school announcements. Yeah, but that only broadcasts to the school. Oh, yeah, no, they definitely... Like, it's not real radio. He's, like, when Finley does it, it's only going through the speakers. He's speaking into a microphone that's only going to the speakers. Isn't That's all they're doing here. I don't think so. I think it's actual radio, and if... Why do you think that? uh, Why would they put an on-the-air thing just for announcements? Because... We had announcements. You know what it was? A really bad microphone... On Miss Carpenter's desk in the office, right there. Yeah, but they pl- you they showed the students in school listening. Like to be fair, the school is so big that half of the population of Philadelphia heard their radio program. Right, it's it's seventh through twelfth grades. Like, right, it's all of the children in Philly. My point is though, maybe in this one it only went to the school because it's the largest school ever. Mm-hmm. But in every other sitcom, they also did this episode, and it was not just to the school. There was a whole show about this. It's called Radio Free Roscoe, where the kids develop their own radio station. It's a thing. Like, it was like a weird trope, and I wonder if there was some weird resurgence of radio between 1990 and the year 2000 that it was just like this crazy, like, all these kids are on the radio, and now we have podcasts. So when is there going to be, like, all of these shows where everyone has a podcast? I wouldn't be surprised if we get to the point where all of the schools, like, have a podcast. Mm. That would be interesting. (laughs) I was going to say boring. Well, but so it's school radio. Let's get Mm on. Uh, Mr. Feeney and, and is sitting there at the radio booth with... Alden's best friend, Alvin Meese. I mean, he was... Your best friend? Yeah, but then as the season has gone on, he's become less and less fun. Is it because he's not with his friends? Because I think his so. friends enhanced him. Well, I think they were they were just so happy being nerdy and weird together, and now that they're not around, he is very much like everybody. Come on, like me, you know? Yeah. He wants people to like him. That he didn't care about that in the first few episodes. Yeah. It's a bummer. 
I'm so sorry for your loss. It's okay. Uh, so uh, they're doing a radio show. Mr. Feeney very clearly is into that microphone. Like yeah. you, you can tell Mr. Feeney used to want to do a radio well, show. Well, Mr. Feeney was a child during the golden age of radio. Uh-huh. So like he probably laid and listened to the Lone Ranger, like Little Orphan Annie. You're and... such an old person. I love... What else did he listen to? Um... There was a mystery one, and I can't remember what it was called, but I've listened to it. Doctor Whom. No. (laughs) Doctor Who's not even... Well, I guess it is kind of a mystery, but no. There was... So you can listen to old radio shows on a podcast, and they play old radio shows. I do have to think that at this point, she's just trying to make sure I get my hand slapped. (laughs) 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 That's just between me and you, class. I... I like to talk about things. Mm-hmm. That's good. We're on a podcast. It's important. Go ahead. Okay. So, um, Mr. Feeney was a kid during this. I mean, he probably didn't watch TV. He listened to the radio. So, in season one, his baseball game was he wanted to stay up and listen to the president's speech on the radio. So, radio is really big for him. It would be like if we had the chance to be on TV. Yeah, no, it's that's made very clear when he takes the microphone from Alvin Meese and says, uh, stop hogging the mic, boy. <laughs> and then starts playing, um, what did he start playing? He plays Michael Bolton. Yes, he starts playing Michael Bolton, and then, like, everybody's crying, and then he plays Perry Como, everybody's and everybody's very, very upset. Everyone's and... very bored. The boys, Sean and Corey, are talking to Mr. Turner. Oh, no, no, no. They're, they're trying to cut the micro or the the speaker. Yeah, so it goes from the room to Corey and Sean, like downstairs in the hallway, trying to pry the speaker apart with a plastic spoon, and they're fighting about it. And Mr. Turner comes by, and he's like, "Here, guys, try this plastic knife." And they're like, "Thanks." And they're like, "Oh no, you're a teacher." Yes, and he he tells him to get down. He's like, "Look, uh, you might not like it, but." So what? At least they're doing something. Why don't you guys try to do something? If you think you can do better, then do better. Try it. And Sean's like, I don't want to do anything. Well, no, he says, I don't want to do nothing. Well, he's because but... he said, um, may, I mean, you guys have free time. Try to sandwich in, be- in between being at school doing nothing and being at home doing nothing. And Sean's just like, are you trying to say we don't do nothing? And... Um, so Corey's like, yeah, like we could do this. We'd like to talk and I have a face for radio or I have a voice for radio and Sean's like, and I have a face for radio and everybody laughs and laughs. And then Mr. Feeney goes, and now for you kids, it's Menudo. And they're all like, oh, which is crazy to me because there's like this really short span of time somewhere in the nineties between... Menudo being popular and Ricky Martin being super popular. Your turn to talk. I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how to add to that discussion. Were you not a Ricky Martin fan? So um, anyway, they uh, they're talking about whether or not they can do the podcast. Corey says we the can podcast. do it. Hold on, this is a podcast. <laughs> Wait a second. They're talking about whether or not they can do the radio show, and. Corey says, look, it's super easy. We can talk, and all we need to really do is push a button. Look at this. And he pretends to push a button. And Sean's like, oh, yeah, and pretends to push a button. 
and they are convinced that they can just now do a radio show. Kind of like us when we just were convinced, like, well, we can talk. We like to talk about Boy Meets World. (gasps) We can do a podcast. Mm Kind of like lots of people. Lots of people feel like, especially now. Now we're in the golden age of podcasts. Yeah, where there's so many. Yeah, and I think every there's a lot of people who kind of feel like, all right, I'm just going to sit down and talk, and that's a podcast, and I'm going to be great at it. And then they sit down, um, and they go, oh, my God, this is really hard. Because it, it is. I mean, it's not hard, but it's not easy. Like, you have to know how to keep a conversation going, and you have to know how to fill in dead air, or you have to know how to edit it out. See, I don't have to worry about any of that because I have you that leads the conversation and guides me into actually talking about things. I have you who edits out the dead air and the angry outbursts. So this is really, unfair. You got to step up your game. I read the blurb every week. Yeah, you <laughs> you make up a sentence. Stop it. Where's the rollerblading? Where is it, Tanya? It. We are within the first five minutes okay. of the episode. At the end of this Alden. episode, at the end of this episode, I'm going to ask for an explanation. So anyway, now we go to the kitchen. Um, Corey is very, very like cocky and confident, talking about. Uh, he doesn't really say what he's doing. He but, doesn't say what he's doing at all. He just is like walking around, being yeah. ridiculous, and then he leaves. And they say something about. He says, Eric's going to ask for money now. Yeah, and then, like, leaves. It was a really weird lead-in. Yeah, it was. And then Corey rollerbladed out of the house and into the backyard. No, he didn't. While Eric asked for money. Uh Uh-huh. And Eric sits down, and he's like, you know, I just, I feel like I need money. You know, I I don't have my allowance. Or he says he needs money. He's out of money. And Alan says, how did you run out of money so fast? And Morgan sitting next to him, Morganism. And Morgan goes, he he spent, or hold on, what does she, she say? She says, he blew it on the Oh, face. she goes, he needs money. And Alan goes, why does he need money? And she goes, he blew it on the babes. <laughs> <laughs> and there's Morgan. Yep, there's Morgan. And that's the best moment of the last three episodes. That is true. Um, so I guess Eric quit his job that he had last season. I he guess. He worked at the store. Yeah. He doesn't work there anymore. No. Even though he quit working. Oh, maybe he just really couldn't cut it as a bag boy. Because remember, he had to go back to being the bag boy. Yeah. He just hated it so much. He quit. Yet his he's 16 and his dad's giving him an allowance. And yeah. what kind of allowance is he getting that he would even be able to use that to go on dates? Yeah, that's weird. Like, are they giving him $100 a week? There's no way. That's why he needs to ask for money. But like, so he can take a bib out. Yeah, but how would he blow five dollars a week or ten dollars a week on a bit? How much did you get for allowance? Did you ever get allowance? No. Ever? Uh, there were a couple times when my parents started doing it, and then they just kind of stopped. So that happened to me too. But <laughs> we my also allowance... did it to our kids. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But our kids would just if if it were fair, Caden would be like the only one who gets allowance mm-hmm. almost ever. Yeah. And then the other two would still ask us to get them things, and we right. would. And so none of it's fair. Exactly. So Eric is very excited about Publishers Clearinghouse. He interrupts Alan because he doesn't need money anymore. 
he got a letter from Publishers Clearinghouse. This is very 1995. Can I tell you a story? Please do. Okay. Publishers Clearinghouse was a very big deal in my household in the 90s. My mom was convinced that God was going to bless our family with a windfall of $10 million. This is why your family can't listen to our podcast. It's true. If they can, or if they do, they won't listen to it ever again. It'll be a one-time thing. But this is a true story. Like, they wouldn't disagree with me. This Mm -hmm. really happened. So my mom thought, if she prayed hard enough, that we would win Publishers Clearinghouse to the point where we were all convinced of it. Like, And this happened probably three or four times over the course of four years where... It would be like, okay, tonight's the night that they are going to be um, announcing the winner. And like there there was one time where our hair was braided and nice looking and stuff in case someone showed up at our door. Because my mom was convinced that God was going to give her this money. Guess who never won Publishers Clearinghouse? Eric Matthews? We don't know yet. Guess who Guess who we do know never won Publishers Clearinghouse? Me? I guess that's also true. Yeah, you, we could go down. There's a long list. Um, Aubrey, Caden, um, um, Michael, Michael don't, Bolton. Don't just not name Finley. You can't um, just leave him out. Uh, he's too young to be named on the podcast. Um, um, Mrs. Carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> Miranda. Like... You're not the only one that didn't win Publishers yeah, Clearinghouse. Yeah, but did your parents do your hair nicely in case someone showed up at the door with a giant check? No, because no one was winning that thing. Right. That thing. If you've ever won Publishers Clearinghouse, please tweet at us at BMGMBMW. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Eric thinks he's going to win Publishers Clearinghouse. He's never seen it before, I guess. And he's surprised because he says that his name was printed on the envelope. He must be going to win because his name was printed on the envelope. Like Alan's, it's official. Alan's telling him it's a scam. So Eric, that, So that he'll buy magazines. Mm-hmm. And Eric is very... I had, I had a lot of magazines in my house growing up. And <laughs> guess who didn't win? Eric, and Eric... <laughs> Is very insistent that he is going to win and he doesn't need Alan anymore. Um, and then uh, he says, uh, Alan says, yeah, you, you know what? You're right. He's definitely going to win, Amy. He's going to win. And then we can finally get that brain operation we've been meaning to get him. And he goes, you know what? Uh, he says, scuff it up or uh, scuff all you want instead of scoff. Yeah. And I'm going to win. And I got this little voice in my head that's just telling me, telling me something. And Amy goes, is it saying, life is like a box of chocolates? <laughs> and he went, huh? And that's it. Um, radio room broadcast booth. Radio room broadcast booth. That's a mouthful. What happens? Um... I think Corey and Sean are in there. This is great. <laughs> it is hard doing a podcast, huh? It's hard to say stuff. Yeah, it is. No, go ahead. You No, don't look at my notes. <laughs> Nuh-uh. Okay. Okay, so Corey and Sean... 
<laughs> Corey and Sean are in the broadcast booth, the room, the radio room. As we've established, yes. With a girl. Mm-hmm. And they are interviewing her. She's on like the student council or something. Her name, I don't know what her name is in the show. Do you know? Sarah. Sarah. She's played by Hillary Tuck, who was Amy Zielinski in Honey, We Shrunk the Kids, the TV show, which was a great show. And I loved her very much when I was a kid. She was in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. She was in <laughs> Hang Time. She played Sam in Hang Time. Did you watch the episode with me? Yes, why? Because I feel like you got a lot of stuff to say that's trying to distract from the fact that you didn't watch the episode. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I did some research, that's all. Uh Uh-huh. All right, go on. So that we could have a lot to talk about. Uh Uh-huh, But that's my contribution to the podcast, is that I have things (laughs) other than the show to talk about. Go then. Um... So, yeah, and then she was also in this movie that was, like, mine and my sister's favorite movie when we were kids. It was called The Great Mom Swap, and I need to see if it's on Amazon because now I want to watch it really, really bad. Anyway, they're talking to her, and they're asking her questions about... Go. Your turn. They're talking to her about the bake sale. Um, the bake sale got... Or, I'm sorry, the, the school... The ninth grade dance got canceled, so... Because of funding. They didn't have enough money. So she says they're going to do a bake sale to try to bring in funds for the dance. Um, Corey is trying to push for a darker angle to the bake sale because he he accepts and realizes that this is very boring and not interesting enough. Sean is going to sleep. Everyone is in the hallways like groaning because they're bored. And Corey's, like, asking about inflation on the bake sale and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, they have a caller. And she is, well, Sarah's and, about to leave. Like, she does not want to be in there anymore. And Sean falls asleep and wakes up and looks around. And he goes, sorry, guys. I was just, I was having a dream that we were doing the most boring radio show ever. And you were there. And you were, th- oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, um... So Sarah's like, yeah, can I go now? And then all of a sudden, like, they have a caller. So they answer the phone. And it's this guy who's like, I have a question for Sarah. Hey, Sarah, is it true that you broke up with... Zach Galifianakis? Zach Galifianakis. And she's like, yeah, like, a week ago. And he is like, so would you want to go out this weekend? And she's like, yeah, I would totally want to do that. And then, like, off she goes out out of the room. And... Sean is very excited. Sean is like, yes, that was so exciting. That was awesome. And Corey's like, we can't do this. Like, it's like this. We are supposed to stick with the topic that we were given. And Sean is like, the topic we were given was boring. Like, I don't understand what you are trying to do. I'm with Sean on this one. Like. Sure. Um, to an extent. And Corey is grasping at straws well Corey has Corey wants to be a radio broadcaster like he has decided he's gonna be a radio broadcaster and if he pisses off mr feeney now he'll never be a radio broadcaster however Corey's very smart though like that's a very very smart thing for him to think it is it lasts all of four seconds because knock 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 well he says um no one cares about this and then it cuts to everyone in the hallway like cheering and then sean says Really? Then why are our lines full? Right. Everyone's calling in. And Corey's like, why is everybody calling in? 
We had one girl in here who got one date and now it's over. It's It's done with. It's a bunch of lonely dudes who are calling in to try to be lonely guys. No girls are going to care about this. And then knock, knock. In walks a bunch of 28-year-old girls. I was about to say, so I don't even know what the other girls look like, but the front girl, Jasmine Fontana, Mm -hmm. looks like she's 50. She is so old. But she comes in all, like, seductively, and she's like, hey, guys, you got a radio show going on in here? And they're like, yeah. And she's like, I'm Jasmine Fontana. I'm like, yes, you are. And then she sits down, and they they call it... Lunchtime l- lust. L- lunchtime lust, which is, ew, gross. I never want to hear a 13-year-old boy say lust. Blech. That was awful. So yeah, Sean calls it lunchtime lust, and then um, they the girls start talking, and and they're like, oh, you know, we just thought that you could help us find dates or whatever. And so then Corey starts like you hear him start talking about her attributes, and like she has a such and such GPA, and, and she she's her president fav- of the bloody blah. And her favorite thing to do is to stand in the river in waders and a bikini top. And Mr. Feeney looks up at the radio and like sprints off. And then Corey goes, you know, I, I, I you know, I've heard a, you're a good kisser, um, you know, but I, how would I know that for sure? And she's like, let me show you. And she leans forward to give him a smooch. He closes his eyes and, and leans he forward. Leans way forward. BTW always happens in sitcoms. Kids, if you're listening, don't close your eyes when you're moving in for a kiss. Got to make sure you plant that right on the lips. Yeah. Because closing your eyes for a three-minute lean-in is probably going to turn out bad for everyone. Yeah, lean-in until you can only see the pupil of one eyeball. That's and why, then that's why close and I, your eyes. We never close each other's eyes. We, <laughs> we just, just like <laughs> stare crazy eyes when we kiss. I'm really into Cyclopses, so I just keep my eyes open and his two eyes turn into one <laughs> eye. And I just plant a big smooch on him that way. But she doesn't like to hear the word lust. So... <laughs> Corey leans in, eyes closed, opens his eyes, and there is Mr. Feeney, um, ready to smooch him. <laughs> and <laughs> and Corey goes, wow, you look way different, close up. <laughs> it's not that different because Mr. Feeney's like in his 60s and Jasmine Fontana is in her 50s. So Mr. Feeney says, Ludwig, take over. They're off the air. And in comes Ludwig, who's Who's very German, German and in Lederhosen. Yes. And he takes over for his radio show, which is a German radio show. And Mr. Feeney pulls them out in the hallway. But as he pulls them out in the hallway, all of the kids in the hallway are like standing there waiting for them and clapping and cheering. So again, again, Again. in the same school year, these two seventh graders are the most famous people in this sixth grade school. That's why they got their own TV show. Oh, good point. Uh, so anyway, now we cut to the history class, which is obviously Mr. Feeney teaching history class. And he says, don't don't worry, tomorrow we'll come in and we'll be talking the Bill of Rights. Oh, no. And Corey like perks up like Bill of Rights, huh? And starts to walk towards Mr. Feeney and talk about. Yeah, he's he's obvious. Like he and Sean are obviously trying to manipulate the situation using the topic. But like, so he's like, oh, the Bill of Rights, huh? Like, isn't that the one where the first? What's the first? He doesn't even get that. He says, 
um, what's the, and Mr. Feeney just cuts him off and goes, freedom of speech. It's freedom of speech, Mr. Matthews. Like he knew it was coming. Yeah. And so then Corey's like, by freedom of speech, you mean the one where we can say whatever we want to say? And Mr. Feeney's like, only some of us. So that's, he he very much does not want them to have lunchtime lust as a radio show, which like, who cares? Why is he so stodgy about Because this? he wanted to be a radio star. He's very upset about the kids trying to be radio stars. He wanted to be one. That's what the problem was? Yes. I thought it was because they were doing something that he felt like was too racy. I think it's a mixture of the two, but it's very clear to me that he wanted to be on the radio. That thought did not cross he, my mind for even one second. He ripped the microphone out of Alvin's yeah, hands. Yeah, that was just like a little blip in the nah, beginning. That was him. That was his character. He wanted to be a radio star. So he was watching everyone cheer for them because he... So... So that changes like the whole moral of the story. The, it, the whole moral is all messed up in this episode anyway. Mr. Feeney wanted to be a radio star, but he didn't want to be a radio star. Um, he wanted to do it on his terms. Like he felt like he shouldn't go to the people. You know, Mr. Feeney felt like I shouldn't have to dumb my message down for the audience. Yeah, I feel the he, same way. He felt like um, rollerblades. He felt like... <laughs> Um, the, the, the audience should realize how smart and intelligent and what interesting things he has to say. Me too. So, rollerblades. So, he, he was watching this happen and he was upset that the, the boys were dumbing themselves down to try to get an audience. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like that, that, that's what I saw happening. I didn't, but good on you for figuring out some type of something for this one. <laughs> <laughs> My mom prayed. Uh, so Mr. Feeney's talking to them about this and, and um, Corey's pointing out how like you're saying that we shouldn't and blah, blah, blah. And Mr. Feeney says, no, this is only for people with a sense of self responsibility or whatever. And Sean says, always says one thing and does another he's a hypochondriac and uh because he's dumb you know get it mm -hmm. yep and uh uh when he says this is for people with a sense of responsibility freedom of speech is only for people with a sense of responsibility sean says why isn't it for us then because he's dumb again Remember, right. remember that mm -hmm. he's dumb? Yeah, he's we, dumb. We get they're so many really, reminders. Yeah, they're really, really hitting us over the head with Sean being dumb. So um, now we're in the hallway and... Uh, uh, and they see Mr. Turner, right? Mm -mm. No? No, they walk out and Jasmine's there waiting for them and Jasmine says, Oh, yeah. Guys, all of the girls in fifth period were in the fifth period showers were asking when you guys are going to be back on the air. And, and Sean's super gross and is like, please tell me you're having this conversation about us with the showers on. Ugh. <laughs> and uh, Corey goes, I don't know. We're going to figure it out. So she walks away and he says, all right, so we got to get back on the air. How are we going to do it? <gasps> I got it. We're going to get back on the air. And they're like, yes, great minds think alike. We're so smart. We're going to do this. Yes. Uh, Mr. Turner walks by and they try to go to Mr. Turner into talking to Mr. Feeney. No, to getting them back on the air without. Yes. yes. Um, and 
he was just like, what do I look like to you? And they're like, a young, dedicated teacher who believes in giving his students second chances, which is true. Like, that is who he is as a person. But that was really messed up for them to blatantly try to manipulate him into being that. Yeah, well, at that point, is it manipulation? Like, they were clearly telling him. They're bad at it. Okay. And it's bad at manipulation, manipulation. And it kind of works, but it, he doesn't tell them that it works. He's, right. He doesn't tell them he's going to talk to Mr. Feeney, but he goes to. So they but say. He, he tells them flat out, do not go into that radio room. He says, do, do you not promise? Go back. He says, do you promise? And they say, yeah. So he walks away and they immediately say, we're going to take matters into our own hands. We have to do this by ourselves. We're going to take back the airwaves and we're going to do it just the two of us. Hey, Alvin, we need your help. <laughs> and then what happens next? I'm hanging on your every word. So they go grab Alvin. They, they walk off. Um, because Alvin says that the radio station is his baby. He knows everything about it. And mm-hmm. they say, well, come on, proud papa or something. Yeah. So now we go to, um, uh, oh, wait, no, we don't. We go to the kitchen. We go back to the kitchen where uh, Eric has signed up for all the magazines in the world. Uh, he tells... Why is he not at school if Corey's at school? It's nighttime. I'm confused. It's nighttime. It's the next day. Oh, We go okay. nighttime, and then the next day, more stuff happens. Okay. That's how you, shows you work. You weren't clear when you were reading your notes. I thought it was the same day, and Eric was playing hooky. No, you're right. It's on me for paying attention too much <laughs> to the episode, but not na- saying everything that happened. Um, let me see your notes. Okay, so it's three lines. All right. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, Eric has signed up for all the magazines. This is not my favorite B-plot in the it's world. It's my least favorite B-plot, but I was trying to be not too negative this it. episode. It's not a bad B-plot. It's just kind of thrown together, I think. Yeah. Um, Eric has signed up for all the magazines. He says he signed up from eight. He signed up for all the magazines, for each letter of magazine, A to Z. So he signed up for 26 magazines because that way when the computer goes through and picks a random name, they can't miss him because his name's on every letter. That's not how computers work, Eric, but whatever, you're a dummy. And he's talking about how, like, all all I have to do is is win this and I'm going to be good forever. And Alan says, Eric, come to work with me. Spray the lettuce. Get money. Earn money. And Eric says, no, I don't have to. Yeah. I'm going to be rich. Robin Leach is going to come into my house and give me $10 million. Me too. Yep. So now it's God the next... God told me. Hey, Tanya. Yeah? Now it's the next day. The the, the, sun the day is... that they are going to rollerblading class. Yeah, the sun has set. They uh, went to since sleep. Since I, I wasn't this clear last time I talked, uh, the sun has set. Mm-hmm. The, the moon has come up. Oh, that's they so pretty. They likely went to sleep they really should have spent some time staring out the window at how beautiful the moon was that night because it was gorgeous and they laid in their beds and they fell asleep and they woke up they got dressed um they went to school and now we're in history did they have breakfast Mm, i don't know i can't answer that question so is it raining or is it sunshine oh it's sun shining and we go to mr turner mr feeney talking in mr feeney's room and Mr. Turner is taking up yeah. the task. He's he is telling their advocate. Them. Mm-hmm. He's like, you can't teach these kids, 
you know, that they have freedom of speech or whatever, if you don't follow through with that and let them do the show, like I will help supervise them so that it doesn't get out of control because the issue is that it was getting out of control. And and during this conversation, Mr. Feeney talks or he tells him he's a hippie or something. And um, but he kind of makes it clear there. He doesn't outright say it. So I don't know where I picked on up on this, but this is where he kind of says, like, I don't like what they were doing on the radio. Right. It's not about free speech. I don't like it. Right. So that's kind of where I got the vibe. Like he is just upset about the way that they were getting an audience. But Mr. Turner kind of convinces him that he needs to give them a second chance. He said, just give them a second chance. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, you know, they'll be a lot better off. I'll be supervising, whatever. Right. And that's when... You start hearing this crazy metal music <laughs> and like... Corey's like screaming into the microphone, like "We're back with Bad Boys Radio!" Blah 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 blah. Pirate Radio! Ow! Like they tried to shut us down, but I'd like to see them try now. And like they're just going off. And uh, Mr. Feeney, what does Mr. Feeney say? He says something snarky to Mr. Turner as they're running out the door, and Mr. Turner's going one way, and Mr. Feeney's going the other way to go and try to find them. And Mr. Yeah, Mr. Feeney says something snarky. I don't remember what it was, but Mr. Turner says, "If you find them first, save some for me." Because they they're gonna kill them. Yes, murder. Oh, that is Mr. Feeney's shtick for you. I guess. So, that was so last season. That was so last season. This last... episode again, though, is so last season, so it fits. Uh, but but they go to the radio room. Where they Ludwig is tied up. He's Ludwig. tied up, up, and he's very angry when they untie him, and he's like, I'm going to tell my father, only he says it in a German accent. Can you do that? No, it seems like it would get kind of racist. So, um, but he says... Uh, Something about how he, he, uh, oh, Ludwig was. He's never felt so used. He's never felt so used. And Mr. Feeney says, ah, you're young yet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But anyway, they, they're running around looking for them because they're not in the radio room. They're broadcasting from a secret location. And Corey's really funny because he keeps saying things like, oh, did you check the boys room? Like as Mr. Feeney is like going into the bathroom. And then he goes, psych. Yeah. Um, but then Sean being stupid, mm-hmm. does a stupid Sean thing. When, um, Corey asks him to find something, Sean's like, oh yeah, it's under the janitor's bucket, blah, blah, blah. They're in the janitor's closet. And Corey and, goes, or is it? Because we're just trying to trick you again. And then Mr. Feeney comes in the door. Yeah. Sean, as Mr. Feeney opens the door, Sean goes, don't move. Maybe he doesn't see us because it's Jurassic Park. And now we go back to the radio room broadcast booth super show. And Ludwig is still in there tied up. Mr. Feeney lets him go and says, I don't remember. Go do something. And he's like, I'm going to tell my father about this. And he like runs out. And... um he, like, throws Corey and Sean into the room like prisoners. And I think Mr. Feeney, like, walked out with Ludwig to yeah. go get his dad. Because Mr. Turner then is in there talking to them. Right. And while he's talking, so they start to have a talk about, like, you you know, I trusted you. I You promised and you broke that promise. And it was really messed up that you did that. And as he's talking, 
He flips the switch on the radio. Nonchalantly. We could hear a click Mm -hmm. and we could see the on the air sign light up. Right. Corey and Sean didn't hear or see either of those things. But Mr. Turner keeps talking and, and he's like, you know, why would you, why is this so important to you? Why is the radio so important to you? And, um, and they're just like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to explain it. And Mr. Turner's like, dumb it down for me. And Sean sits down and like gets really close to Mr. Turner's face. And he's like, we were on a radio show. And Mr. Turner goes, all right, talk to me like I'm smart. So then Corey was like, well, we did this because we wanted to be somebody. Like if we were on the radio, then people would know who we are. And, and is, like this is all coming through on the speakers and you can see students gathering and listening to mm-hmm. him. Um, you know, we feel kind we just don't want to get lost in the shuffle. We want to be remembered. We want to be somebody. And Mr. Turner goes, so you feel lost? And Corey's like, yeah, of course we do. We're just, we're just six, uh, seventh graders. And Mr. Turner's like, Sean, you too? And Sean's like, well, yeah, I think, I mean, everybody does. And Mr. Turner's like, well, why, why do you feel like you have to do crazy things? Like, you could just be honest. And they're like, that. nobody even cares about that. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, then why are all the phones lit up? And they're like, what? We're on the air. You and, tricked us. And Mr. Turner's like, okay, well, let's go to a caller. And he answers the first caller, and it's Mr. Feeney. Yep. And Mr. Feeney says, I just want to say you did a commendable job dealing with these young men. That moment made me so happy. It was. It was the first it was time so that so good. It's the first time really that he acknowledges. Uh, acknowledged that Mr. Turner's ways sometimes sometimes work. Mm-hmm. Like he's reluctantly said it in the past, but this is the first time where he's ov- openly done it and he did it on like Where school everybody broadcast could he- yeah everybody could hear him yeah and he's saying like it's a commendable job what you've done with these young men um you know i was wrong about you um now i do have a question for you how long would you be suspended or would you well, recommend like, he said how long do you think their pun or what do you think their punishment should be and he was like um a week's worth of detention and mr Fian's like what was that you it got really staticky all of a sudden. You weren't coming through very clearly. And he was like, uh, a month of detention? And he was like loud and clear. And then they hung up. Then they hung up and then Ludwig Ludwig comes in with his dad and a guy in a suit. Yeah, it looks like they're like German mafia. It did, yeah. And he's like, them, it's them that tied me up. And then they just like freeze frame on Corey and Sean looking very scared. Yes. Um, and that's the end of the episode. Except for the uh, after credit scene, which is B plot. Yeah. Yeah, there wasn't much to the B plot this episode. We had a couple quick blips yeah, of Eric. Yeah, there were, there were zero things that tied the B plot to the A plot. That's true. There was nothing. There were no parallels to be drawn here. Nothing. Yeah, I really do think... Well, we'll get to that in a second. Um, so... Uh, it cuts to Eric and Alan sitting in the living room. Alan's making fun of Eric for trying to th- 
win the publisher's clearinghouse. And um, he's going through all his magazines. He's going through all his magazines and the doorbell rings. Mm -hmm. And Alan goes and opens the door while Eric is just sitting and, and vegging out watching TV. And it's Robin, Robin Leach and the crew for Publishers Clearinghouse with a giant check in their hands. And he's like, hello. And Alan says, it's Robin Leach. And Eric goes, stop messing with me, Dad. I get How it. How many times do you think I'm going to fall for that? And then Alan Leach says loudly. Alan like, Leach. Alan Leach. <laughs> they had a baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> Robin Leach says... Hello, let me in, sir. We'd like we'd like to see. Is this the Matthews residence? We'd like to say hello. And Eric jumps up. I can't do a Robin Leach impression to save you my life. You know who life. could? I realized this. Who? My brother-in-law Andrew talks just like Robin Leach. He's Australian or New, New Zealand ish. Yeah, New Zealander. He's a New Zealander. I mean, what? But, yeah. So. That's very different than English. They sound very similar. Wow. So, Robin like, Leach... And their voices are very similar. He could definitely do the accent. He could he could pull it off. And I don't... I think Robin Leach is not British. I really? Think, I think you're the one with the problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you say what happens while I look up Robin Leach. If, it, if he's British, I will eat my foot. Don't, please, good God. <laughs> what happens? Tell okay. people. So then, so Eric is like, oh my gosh, he's really here and he really has a check. Oh my gosh. And Robin Leach is like, oh yes, it's so wonderful to be here in your home and blah, 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 blah. What is he? Well, I will say that Robin Leach died last year and I forgot about that. So rest in peace, Robin Leach. Um, that's a bummer. Because he was such an iconic like figure in our childhood it's like such a weird iconic figure too like but he was an iconic figure because for some reason lifestyles of the rich and the famous was an iconic show that like i never watched it but i knew what it was and i knew i watched was. it it was the original cribs um but he also like the publisher's clearinghouse was huge like see i don't remember him doing publisher's clearinghouse what it was um Ed. Ed McMahon? Yes. It was Ed McMahon. I don't remember that. Ed McMahon did Publishers Clearinghouse for so long. I just remember it being Robin Leach. I remember it being Ed McMahon because I remember getting my hair braided in case Ed McMahon showed up at our house. What a life. What a life. So anyway, he's British. What? He was. He's from London. That's crazy because his dialect to me does not sound British at all. Well, he has a strange, like, he had not a strange, I guess strange, but like in a good way. He had a an iconic voice. Like, it was very unique. Mm -hmm. um, so, I don't think that's why you would pick up on that. Like, it was just a unique voice. Okay. And that's what set him apart. Like, he didn't show up on Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. He narrated it. Right. He was just always narrating throughout the show. Right. So it was his voice that made him who he was. Mm -hmm. This is our Robin Leach fan cast. Boy meets Leach meets, I don't know. Boy meets Leach. Yeah, that sucked. So anyway, yeah, he's from London. Okay. You win. You win that one. I always do. 
Um, That's not true. Welcome to married life. <laughs> where I'm always the winner. <laughs> um, that's not true, and that's not going to last long. So... The next time I think someone is Australian or New Zealandish, I'm going to be right. Okay. So he comes in. He holds up the big check. Eric's like, can I please look at it? They say, sure. They open up the big check. Eric jumps up and down and screams, $10 million paid to the order of Dorothy something. Muldoon. Dorothy Muldoon. Dorothy. Dorothy Muldoon. And uh, Alan's like, stop, calm down. That's You're not Dorothy. And he's like, I'm not, I'm not. And they're like, no, it's your neighbor in the nice two-door home. Yeah, we're just here to, to wait for her to get home. She's not home from work yet. So do you, if you wouldn't mind if we have a seat. And they're like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Have so, a magazine. Yeah, because of the, he goes, have a magazine. There's 26 because letters. Uh-huh. So they walk out and just leave Robin Leach in the living room by himself with his crew. And Robin Leach like narrates it like it's a lifestyles of the rich and I can't sing it. Lifestyles of the rich and the famous. I'm just complaining. Look, I love that song. I know it's cheesy. It's whatever. I love that song. I can tell by the loving look that I've never seen you look at me with as you talk about. I married good Charlotte. (laughs) Um. So anyway, it was if it was a it was fine. Episode over. Episode is over. How'd you feel about this episode, Alden? It was fine. Like, I, I really feel like, to me, first off, this is the second season of the show. Mm-hmm. So they had a lot of stuff to try out. Um, They did some really good character building stuff. And you can't keep that up for no. 26 episodes or whatever it is. Right. So and we can't expect them to cater to us. Right. For every single episode. Right. They didn't sit down before writing all of these and go, one day they're going to be a handful of podcasts that talk about our show. One of them in particular is really going to focus on the character building. (laughs) And the parallels between real life and what's happening in the show. And what they were going through as their mom was praying for... (laughs) $10 million. $10 million from God. Um... (laughs) So, yes, it's unfair for us to sit here and critique that, but we're doing a podcast. It's not a bad episode. It's just there's not a lot of meat. And I said this before we started recording is that we I wish we could have scoped out what was happening in these episodes so that we could do like a double episode. Yeah. Because we could have easily done last week's and this week's in one episode and not felt like we were missing out on talking about anything important. Um. But I also think it's important for us to point out that despite the fact that these aren't our favorite Boy Meets World episodes, like they're still better than their counterparts. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. A Boy Meets World 6 is a normal TV's 9. Right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Our families cannot listen to this podcast. Um, like it was good. This one, it was hard to follow. There, to me, there wasn't a lot of plot. Like, right. I couldn't pull out. Like, you pulled out a lesson that I was like, I didn't even think that was in there. Okay. But I guess it was. Sure. I mean, or it wasn't, and I just was looking at things differently. Yeah. Um, but 
I I think that was there. But anyway. <laughs> uh, I mean, you're probably right. Robin Leach is British, so. But yeah, it was a good episode. Um, it it just didn't leave us a lot of like character growth or discussion to talk about. It was it was an episode that could have been explained in about eight sentences, and we just did forty minutes about it. So, um, it's because we have a face for radio. Yeah, what's wrong with us <laughs> that we turned that episode into forty minutes of conversation? I had a lot to say about my own personal life. That's you true. don't like oh. talking about your personal life. I do. I don't dislike it. I just don't remember stuff. That's true. Um, where was the rollerblading? They... I'm going to call you on your bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> they rollerbladed. Yeah? They were out rollerblading when Robin Leach came into the house. Don't you remember? You saw him like speed past. No. When Alan opened no. the door, they were like, they had uh, knee watched. pads on, they had elbow pads on, they had helmets on because safety first. Don't. And then they rollerbladed down a really steep hill and they caught some sick air. Do you know when um, when a child is lying and you ask them about it and then they lie more to try to cover up the fact that it was a lie? No. Okay, you're doing it more. <laughs> Um, thanks for the blurb, I guess. <laughs> You're welcome. Tanya's blurb shit. <laughs> blurb shit? Yeah, instead of bullshit. Oh. Bull blurb. Nah. Mm-mm. This is, this workshop should not be happening on microphone. <laughs> anyway, uh, anything you want to say? Anything you want to add? I don't think so. Where can people find us? At BMG and BMW on Twitter. We have a Facebook group. Just search Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World and it'll pop up and you can ask to join and you can email us. Um, Please tell me you have not emailed us (laughs) because I got a new job and I don't check things. And we got married. And and we got married. Lots of rollerblading. My sister had a baby shower. Miranda came over one night. And recorded with us. Um... One of my friends is moving, and oh my God. I just, I'm feeling a lot of residual stress from that. So, I promise I will check the email to make sure that none of you guys have emailed, but I'm pretty sure you haven't, and if you have, I'm so sorry. Who emails anymore? Uh, I have emailed podcasts. What? Yeah. They have Twitter and One Facebook. time I emailed, oh I had just God. started listening to a podcast. It's still one of my favorite podcasts, and I emailed um them and told them like how influential they were and how much i related to them and one of the hosts one of the hosts who is very famous by the way took the time to email me back for real and it was the best thing ever he was so gracious at this point like he checks the emails at this point in in our show like the ending music has started and stopped and like (laughs) restarted again and uh thank you for joining us this has been boy meets girl meets boy meets world season two episode 17 class dismissed